Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Almost all of us have seen people who claim to be religious, but are in reality very nasty people. Of course, none of us is perfect, but the closer we are to Jesus, the more we become like Him. In John chapter 15, the night before the cross, Jesus is explaining the key to this, and it's called abiding in Jesus. Without abiding in Jesus, it's impossible to be close to Jesus. Today, Pastor Jim closes out his message, Experiencing Jesus, which is part of the series, The Abiding Christian. We are learning from Jesus himself how to have a rewarding and God-pleasing Christian life. Here's Pastor Jim. The Word of God initially cleanses us and continues to cleanse us from our sins and, and our, all, of our, all of our gunk, if you will. It's the part we call sanctification, becoming more like Christ. And I said Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Ephesians 2, 10 says that we are saved unto good works. So, so forgiveness of sins, the grace of God, forgiveness of sins and eternal life comes first. Then that's followed by good works, not in reverse, Say, by grace, through faith, unto good works, not by good works. Very important that we get that order correct. So I believe he's saying to the apostles, again, it's going to get really nasty, really quick, really crazy. I believe he's encouraging them, saying, I have already made you clean. I have given you a new identity, one that, one that will last for eternity. And this is a huge thing in our culture today. There are so many people attaching themselves to so many different identities. Jesus comes along and he says, no, 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 this is not what I, what I want for you to do. I want you to find your identity in me. And having been made clean by Jesus, pruned by the Lord, cleansed by the word of God, we, we respond to Jesus by abiding in him. And what happens? We begin to bear fruit. It's seen in the way that we live. 1 Peter 1.23, the apostle Peter says this, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Uh, some verses say not perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 2 Corinthians 7.1, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote these words, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness uh, of the flesh and the, spirit, and the Spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Some Old Testament, Psalm 119.9, How can a young man cleanse his way? Important verse by taking heed according to your word. Well, we experience Jesus through the word. So much more could be said, but we have to move on. Number four, we experience Jesus through intimacy. We experience Jesus through intimacy. This is what we mean, if you're a guest with us here today, this is what we mean by we, when we say we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Most people, honestly, when you tell them just out of the blue, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? So this is what we mean by it. 
He says, verse 4, Jesus says, Abide, some versions say remain, in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. A branch cannot bear fruit unless it's connected, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. In other words, there'll be no spiritual fruit in your life unless you are continually connected to me. So without a vine, a branch cannot live. And it certainly cannot bear fruit. It's only kept alive by the vital connection The branch is only kept alive by the vital connection that it has to the vine. Now, Jesus is not talking about literal branches. He's clearly talking about the human responsibility of followers of Jesus to abide. Now, this takes what we often refer to as grace-motivated effort. When you trust in Jesus, God gives you the power and the ability to abide. Our responsibility then, our response to that is to live in trust and dependence and obedience to God. Now, often you'll hear from people who'll say that they're followers of Jesus. They'll say stuff like this to you. Don't forget that Jesus has promised, he ended Matthew's gospel with it. We saw it a number of months ago. Don't forget that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. And a lot of people will say, that's great, but I don't sense that. I don't, if you will, feel that. It doesn't seem like it's my reality. Why is that? Not abiding. That's it. He's there. But he hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. The vine dresser is close to you when he's pruning you. But by not abiding, we're not aware of such things. Abiding is a heart that is living in fellowship. We could also say in communion with God. And this is why some of the things that that Jesus says make no sense to people or they make sacraments or sacrifices out of it and they, because they don't understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, eat my flesh. Jesus says, abide in the true vine. What is Jesus saying? He's essentially saying, I am what keeps you alive. That's what he's saying. It's not like go make a, you know, some vine sacrament or something like that. He's he's using these things to them which would be pictures of how you stay alive. And he's saying, I am the one who keeps you alive. And I fear, loved ones, that we are often too casual about this. Not realizing the diligence that is required to experience the presence of Christ. I know many people that are spending four, six, eight hours a day on social media. I'm not poo-pooing social media, but I'm saying, do you sense that you're abiding in four to six or eight hours of social media? Listen to this verse. This is one that you really have to remember. Hebrews 2, 1. 
The writer says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard from God, lest we drift away. If we're not abiding, it is so easy to drift away. Now, some of you, I know, you have that paranoia streak running through you. You have that low-level guilt. And it's interesting, it's often the people that serve with all their heart that have that low-level guilt. The people who do nothing, like, oh, I'm fine, no problem. You think, what if I mess up? What if I mess up? John 10, 28, we've referred to this verse many times before, but it's essential to understanding this. Jesus says this, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. I give them eternal life. They're going to heaven. They shall never perish. They're not going to go to hell. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. You're caring that you messed up. You're caring whether you abide or not. Your grace-motivated effort to abide in Jesus, to stay attached to Jesus, are an evidence that you are in his hand. Did you hear that? If you were not in his hand, if someone was able to snatch you out of his hand or you never were in his hand, you wouldn't care. You'd have an attitude like this. Ain't no Bible, ain't no preacher, ain't no church going to tell me how to live my life. (laughs) You're not like that. But let's not all assume, and even people we engage with assume, that that. We have eternal life. We have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life with God through Jesus Christ just because we say that we do. It's necessary, we'll talk about this, that we look for fruit in our own lives. We look for evidences of grace that we, that you, that me are abiding, but not just outwardly as Judas did. Judas looked like the real deal. I could remember when I was a kid, we'd have these people in church. I was an altar boy, and they'd be all holy, like some of our teachers and some of our youth group kids know the story of, of our librarian, Mildred, who we all called her Mildew. I mean, <laughs> there would be Mildew, all holy at church, right, before I'd be an altar boy, looking at her, and then treating us like pure garbage, in the library. People who I knew were just acting so holier than thou, but then I'd go up to school and they'd be so incredibly nasty. Oh, you can look like the real deal in certain environments. You can put on the mask. You can put on the face. That's what Judas did. But Jesus wasn't in his heart. He wasn't attached to Jesus. Again, Judas looked like the church attending real deal, but inwardly, he lacked Christian character. Inwardly, he lacked service to the Lord and for the Lord. Inwardly, he loved himself, not Jesus and not people. And the truth of the matter is this, and so important we catch a hold of this, is the more one abides in Jesus... The more one stays close to Jesus, the more you will experience his loving presence. Did you hear that? The more you abide, the more you stay close to Jesus, the more you will experience his loving presence, 
And that is a fact, and it is a promise out of the mouth of Jesus himself. In fact, he just told the apostles it. John 14, 21. He who has, Jesus says, he who has my commandments, this is Last Supper teaching, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest, another version says, reveal myself to him. So he says, if you love me, You'll be loved by my Father, and I will love you too, and we will reveal ourselves to you. That that is intimacy with God. That is what it means to have a relationship with God. It means that you love Him, you know that He loves you, you know that He knows everything about you, And day by day, he is teaching you about him. Now, occasionally I hear people say, I met a pastor one time up here who said, well, I know everything I need to know about Jesus. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard anybody say in my life. I am fortunate that I get to spend so much time studying the word of God so I can bring that to you. Not ideas that pop into my head, but studying the word of God so I can teach it to you. And I know nothing compared to when I started because I thought I needed to know this much about Jesus. And now I realize it's infinity. And the learning process is joyous. And that's part of a relationship with God. Even the pruning is part of a relationship with God. Perhaps you might, it might be easier if you think of it this way. As you as I, as all of us, as you abide and remain in Jesus, as you produce fruit, as you, your life produces fruit, as you live the word of God, you will become keenly aware that Jesus himself is abiding and remaining in you. Again, these are concepts that we have to understand if we're going to grow and have a fulfilled Christian life and we're going to really experience Jesus. As you abide, as you remain in Jesus, as you live out the word of God, you will become aware that you're abiding in him and he has been abiding in you. You are remaining in him that he has been remaining in you. If you don't do that, if I don't do that, we will not be aware of something that already exists. Spiritual fruit is produced when we abide in Christ and the power of God flows out of a follower of Jesus. Now, some people right now, they're saying, well, what what does that mean for my life? How about just some simple, simple kindness? How about just doing something for somebody else without expecting them to do anything in return? How about someone you see carrying a heavy burden? You know, the world sings, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, but we're like, well, can you help me? Well, I'll have to pray about it. What do you mean you have to pray about it? Help, simple kindness. Pick up your phone. I actually have been reading that phone calls are actually coming back in style. 
actually pick up your phone and make a call with it. We do everything with our phone except what? Make a call with it. And also remember this, though, that abiding may also show you that there needs to be some pruning of certain attitudes and practices in your life, but that's what a relationship with God is. When God loves you enough to tell you the truth and says, listen, this needs to be pruned, this needs to be cut out, and I am here to lift you up. I am here to help you with that. Just bring a willing heart. Just take one step at a time, and I will help you. Earlier, I cited the the new Barna poll that said one out of three professing Christians seem to be giving up. You say, oh no, Pastor Jim, that's not what you said. And I read the poll. You said that they're giving up on, on church, Pastor Jim. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're giving up on Jesus. But the book of Ephesians tells us that that Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. So I think it's fair to say that the Christian life is more than just church attendance. But it's certainly not less than church attendance. And I know that even right now you think, well, we're not attending right now, but you are. You are collectively worshiping God through listening to his word and saying, God, I want this abiding life. I want it so badly. Or maybe you're not a Christian. You're like, I want this. I'm so tired. Every identity I put on myself is falling apart. I I want this life. These days, many followers of Jesus seem unfulfilled in their Christian life, and I'm talking for the last 15, 20, 30 years. We can blame it on a lot of different things. We can blame it on people. We can blame it on our culture. We can blame it on busyness. We can blame it, you know, on on our circumstances. And so what do people do? They dive into ways to try and fix it. Many people dive into good works. They think, well, if I do good works, that will help make me feel better. Or they dive into a new hobby or a new identity that they often find very quickly or sometimes after a long time, which is really sad, that they are on an unfulfilling dead-end street. Even people who read their Bible and pray, that's good. If you're not doing that, you should. The old expression says this, if you don't talk to God in the morning, you may have trouble finding him the rest of the day. But yet, you're reading your Bible and you're praying, maybe in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, maybe at night, and you still feel empty. And so you go another route. We have all, you think, I need a counselor. We have all all kinds of Christian self-help books, all kinds of sermon series on this kind of stuff. Yet, look around at so many people in this world, including followers of Jesus, and there are so few smiles. There is so little joy. If you are a Christian, that is a sign of drift. That's what that is. That's what that is. If you never crack a smile, if there's nothing that brings joy to your heart, that is a sign of drift. And we hear the Lord pleading with us in a verse that's often used for salvation, but it is not. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says to believers and to a church that had lost their way, they had drifted. He says this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm standing here, I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice 
and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Friends, you can put, I can put all kinds of band-aids on our emptiness. We can put all kinds of band-aids on our fears. And Jesus simply comes along and says, here's the thing, man. Here it is. Abide in me. Forget the booze. Forget the drugs. Forget the, the, the other stuff that you're doing. Whatever it is, good stuff even that you're doing to try and, try and kill the pain. He says, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me, Jesus says, and you will know. Stay attached to me and you will know that I am with you. Maybe John 15 is only for me. I'm perfectly willing to admit that. But I feel like Jesus is saying, when we feel this emptiness, when we feel that something is so desperately wrong, when we're prone to say this Christian thing is not working for me, that we're missing the real problem. It is an abiding problem. It is an abiding problem. When we don't want to get out of bed and hear the word of God and be amongst God's people and worship with God's people, it is an abiding problem. Yet, this is not a problem that we fix as much as this. As Jesus just said in Revelation 3.20, it is an invitation to receive. Jesus says, I am inviting you to abide in me. I am abiding you to 24-7 trust in me and fulfillment and fruitfulness will come out of that, loved ones. It really will. That is an identity that will never fail with age. That is an identity that will never fail with circumstances. That is an identity that will never fail with a changing culture. So let me ask you the obvious but not so obvious question. Do you want this joy? Do you realize that the abiding life is a fruit that you bear in and of itself? It is a gift of the grace of God and that fruit grows, the fruit of abiding grows as we abide more and more and more. There is simply one condition to the abiding life. That is, you must be in Christ before you can abide in Christ. That means you must put your trust in Jesus before you can abide in him. Maybe you're sitting here today. You're wondering this. You're, I get emotional, honestly. This is me talking about my own, my own salvation of, oh gosh, 32 years ago. You might think that God doesn't want you. But oh, the great lengths that God went to just for you. God sent his son to live a perfect life in your place. Do you realize that Jesus perfectly abided in his father 24-7? You've heard me say this before. To me, that is the most amazing thing. That is more amazing than any of the miracles. That is more amazing than anything. 24-7, perfect abiding. 
And then, in the greatest act of love ever seen, God's perfect son was pruned on a cross for you and for me simply because he loved you and to bring glory to God because it brings glory to God when people put their trust in Jesus. He he did all that so who would ever turn to God, turn from their sins and turn to God and put their trust in Jesus could have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And friend, you can do that today. You can be adopted by the king and you can be invited to open the door and to abide with Jesus forever, to experience Jesus now and to experience him forevermore. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.